0: I want to talk to you because last week, when I was in Bible college, I would just go through times like that. I mean, you got to remember back in my day, they were they were bringing Dave Wilkerson, you know, to the college, and they'd bring uh, Leonard Ravenhill uh, to the college, and you, you just name it. I can remember being in a service with uh, Dave Wilkerson, and <laughs> and we were all sitting there just. Uh, you know just almost like spellbound you might say by just captivated by what he had shared and we were sitting there and all of a sudden he goes why aren't you all on your faces as soon as he said that all you could hear was the chairs going the whole place was laid out bawling and squalling it was just just powerful you know so I know that in seasons like that we we go to incredible heights in God. And then tomorrow shows up. Did tomorrow show up for anybody? Okay. And all of a sudden, it's like going a different direction. So, and it reminded me that when I was in Bible college, I uh, one of our textbooks was Life on the Highest Plane. it was by Ruth Paxson, I think uh, is who it is, I'm pretty sure that's how you say your last name, but it was a required reading. And as I was reflecting on this last week, I just started thinking about that and what an influence that was in my life. So today, I really just want to talk to you about life on the highest plane. Amen? Paul talks about that there's really three planes that we live on. Okay? I want to talk about these today. Remember what we've been talking about is in each and every one of us there has to be that alignment right of what yeah our spirit soul body of course as you live that crucified life amen jesus becomes the focus of everything all of our passions so paul talks about there's this here this spiritual plane amen Down here, he talks about it being a natural plane. And you can guess what the one in the middle is it's a carnal plane. And somewhere in between here, every person on the face of the earth is living. So what I want to do today is talk just a little bit about each of those because, as I sat through that class and I listened to the you know the teaching on this, it was real obvious which plane you were on. Come on, somebody, you didn't need nobody to tell you. You were like, ooh, yeah. So turn over to First Corinthians chapter two, and I have like a bazillion scriptures. That's my own word. Some of you math people are like, I don't know if I've ever heard that term. But 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. Uh, because they're spiritually discerned Romans 8 9 says for if, if any man uh, have not the spirit of Christ He's none of his First Corinthians twelve three. wherefore I give to you understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God call that Jesus occurs and no man can say that Jesus is Lord But by what by the Holy Ghost living on the inside of him. Then you guys know first Corinthians 6 gives us a nice little list, doesn't it? Uh, Galatians gives us a nice little list revelations 21 and then mark 7 you got to have at least one mark scripture in there come on but each one of these Mark our first Corinthians 6 says do you not know no unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of god look at your neighbor and say that's pretty plain say i even understand shall not come on he gives what be not busy. to see fornicators how many know what a fornicator is oh well having sex before marriage okay Idolaters, adulterers, what's adulterers? Sex after marriage with someone other than your wife. Come on. <laughs> uh, sometimes you got to get so basic in here. No homosexual, abuser of themselves, man, no thieves, covetous, drunkards, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5 gives you a similar, no immoral and pure sensuality, adulterous source for envy strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissension, factions, mean, drunken, crowding, and things like this, which I forewarned you as I forewarned you before. Those that practice this shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Revelation 21. But for the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, immoral person, sorcerer, adulterers, and all liars, they will be what? Classed into the lake, which is the second death. Mark 7. Talks about the issues of the heart. What comes forth? That which proceeds out of the man that is what defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of man proceeds what? Evil thoughts, fornicators, fornication, thieves, murders, adulterers, deeds of coveting, wickedness, all 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 as well, sensuality, slander, all that stuff. You see all of them in there. So it's obvious down here. What this person is a what? He is a non-believer. All right. If you fell into one of those lists, you might want to come talk to me today, okay? They've not accepted Christ. The Holy Ghost, of course, doesn't dwell in them. So when you go through this, um, there's just a whole bunch of things about the attitude of of this man. One, uh, how am I going to do this? He doesn't know God, you know, Uh, doesn't know God, okay? There's a whole litany of these that I have down here, and you can just go through them. Uh, Galatians 4.8, uh, has no gratitude, you know, is unthankful. Come on now. But you can go, I, like I said, has no desire for God, to pursue the things of God. You know, uh, Romans 3.11, there is no understanding. There is none that seeketh. that have the whole idea. Has no love for God. I could just put a whole bunch of these up here. He doesn't have any love of God in them. Or no love for God, either one. Um, Doesn't care to worship God, Romans 1.25. Who changes the truth of God into a lie? Worship, serve the creation more than a creator who is blessed forever. Amen. resists the truth. uh, He doesn't receive the things of God. He rejects the truth. He's disobedient to the gospel. So it gives you this whole idea. In other words, when you get all said and done, it's obvious that this individual is a what? He is an enemy of God. That's where you and I were when we were in our natural state. Amen? The Bible says that what? He, this, it goes on. It talks about our his relationship. The Bible says Ephesians says he's what? He's far from God. That's where we were. Are you with me this morning? All right. You just right. You're sitting there going, man, I hope I don't come up on this list. <laughs> he's guilty before God, you know? Come on. There's a whole, like I said, a slew of stuff. You know, for now, uh, now we know that what things whoever the law saith, it saith whoever under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, all the world may become guilty before God. They live in it. They're condemned by God, John 3.18. You know, uh, I love the, the 3.18 uh, scripture, three, well, 3.18 through uh, 19. But if you look at 19, it says this. This is the judgment that lights come in the world, that men love darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. Everyone who comes uh, does evil, hates the light. Get it? That's this whole idea. These people are what? These guys are haters of God. That's where you were. No, I wasn't. I was kind of liking God. I was going to church on Christmas and Easter. Well, I'm telling you, according to that word, you hated God. That's like whenever I tell you guys, when you're out witnessing to somebody, they need to know what place they are in Christ before you're done witnessing. You understand? hey, you know, according to the word of God, whether you like it or not, you are a hater of God. I didn't say that. That's what the word says. That'll stop you from getting punched. The wrath of God abides on them. Come on. Talks about they're without God in this life. You know, there's number nine. They're without God in this life. You getting the idea here? So that's where we were. The condition of the natural man. Again, he, he lives only to himself. He's the old man. Self dominates his thoughts, his affections, his speech, his will, his action. He's sinful by nature. He couldn't stop sinning if he wanted to. How many remember those days? Alive to sin, self and the devil. He's under the dominion of the prince of the power of, a, of this age. The God of this age is... A blinding them. That's why when you're sleeping in your classrooms or in chapel, what's going on? The devil's just going... Psh. That's what Mark 4 says. Mark's got a scripture on everything. Come on now. It's all about this person has kind of got that animalistic nature. What are you talking about? All he's ever thinking about is his appetites. Well, yeah. He's thinking about eating. He's thinking about sleeping. And you're bright college students. I know you know what number three is. Animalistic. Can't break that nature. All right. Let's jump to the next one. Let's go to the top. First Corinthians 2.15. When you look at the rest of that scripture. But he that which is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged out of no man. Galatians 6.1. Brethren, if any man be overtaken of all you which are spiritual. It's the exact uh, antithesis of a natural man. Complete opposite. His relationship to God is what? One of repentance. Oh, my favorite word. Luke 15:18. I was, uh, rise, go back to my father's house. I'll say unto my father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm not worthy to be called thy son. Make me a, uh, as one of your hired servant. It's the idea of repentance is a change of mind, thought, purpose, views regarding various things. There's a sorrow going on. Isaiah 55, 7, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man, his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God. And he will abandon a pardon all of it. So this person, what he's repentant. Number two, he's been regenerated. Yeah. Come on, well, how many know what scripture that is? John three three. And Jesus said, "On the very, very same thing, except a man be what born from above, born from heaven, whole new life, whole new nature, divine nature." We'll talk about that a little bit later. He's justified. What? Justified, just as it never happened. Hallelujah. Talks about an imputed righteousness. I just didn't become righteous. It was given to me through what? Jesus Christ, through faith in him. Romans three twenty four being uh, justified freely by what? His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Galatians two sixteen says the same thing. Again, declared, set forth. It's a legal term. Next, we've been what? This individual's been adopted. Anybody in here ever been adopted? Come on. Adopt. Change in position. Now I'm a part of the family of God. Hallelujah. Even though I don't like some of the people in the family. Well, don't get preaching on that now. According to this, he has chosen us in him of the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame and in love, having us to the adoption of children. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Hallelujah. It speaks about our rights, our privileges, our airship. That's what we have. been adopted, man. You're a child of God. Oh, they're my favorite. I've been sanctified. Oh, you had to go there, didn't you? Huh. Talks about where this is the will of God. Even this is the will of God. What? Even your sanctification. Come on. Past, present, future. 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. And so in such were some of you. But you're washed. You're sanctified. Hallelujah. That's something happened in the past. Present. But by the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, to him be the glory. Now you're growing. What? In the grace. Growing in grace. That is what? Present. 1 Thessalonians 5.20. And the very God of peace will sanctify you holy. Hallelujah. One day that's going to happen. Well, you're totally sanctified, set apart under God. Man, that's just crazy. you yielded to what? Everything this person does is led by, or at least tries to be, led by the Holy Ghost. Trying to please him, not self. We are what? It says that we, just think of them. The Holy Ghost, what? We are led. Come on. You know, we are guided. We are taught. Come on. There's a whole bunch of them. Empowered. Are you there? Fruit bearing. Woo! It's all part of it, you know? This person's always bear. And what does the Bible, uh, John, what is it, 15, I think? Talks about, they just bear fruit. No. They bear suffering. No. Nope. Ain't what it says, it says these people bear much Fruit. Because what? They're abiding in Christ. They come to understand that. Oh, yeah. Galatians 5. Fruit of the Spirit. They're God pleasers. Please Him in all respects. So these people live a what? Crucified life. No longer I that liveth, but the Chancellor that liveth with Him. No, that's not what it says. Life aim is the glorification of the Lord, not self. Everything you do is trying to please Him. Jesus becomes the focal point for everything He or She does. It ought to be. What would Jesus do in this situation? Not what Chancellor would do. You know, cha- cha- <laughs> you know that ain't God. Come on. What would What would I, you know? Jesus be thinking over this situation. Not what I would be thinking or what I would do. Jesus dominates your thoughts, your affections, your speech, everything. Because what Second Peter says, we've now become partakers of a divine nature. The Holy Ghost is living on the inside of you. How oh, are you looking better? Looking every day because of it. Come on now. Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead unto but alive to God. Hallelujah. Punch your neighbors. There, you still sleeping? We say, wake up. He's getting to yours right now. He's going there. You shouldn't have been. One chapel. This is one you shouldn't have been sleeping in. 1 Corinthians 3. 1 through 4. You might want to read it in your Bible because it reads the same way, though. And our brethren could not speak unto you as spiritual. Oh, wait. Hmm. I couldn't talk to you from up here. No. But it's under what? Carnal. Even as under what? Babes. Babes in Christ. I had to feed you milk, mama. And not meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither were you now able to bear it. Well, you're carnal, for whereas there are among you envy, strife, divisions. Carnal, he goes carnal as walk as mere men. You walk in the way we used to walk. He says, man, you're the. Oh, I'm a Paul Paulist. Come on now. Says, you guys are just carnal. So what we do know about this person is what they are. Hey, what happened to the end of my pen? See, that's, you know, that's just the devil. Look at that, trying to steal my pen. That's why he... Ryan hooks me up. Ryan knows the devil. So he'll try to shut him down and give him a second pen. He letter her the Holy Ghost. So we know that this person is a Christian. Hey. <laughs> Problem is, see, he or she hasn't understood what it means to be possessed by Christ nor to enter into the privileges as a son or daughter of his. A lot of their practices are unbecoming. How many got those family members that are a little unbecoming to be family members? Act stupid every once in a while, you know. These guys are continually grieving and quenching the Holy Ghost operation. They're always restricting it in their lives. They're babes. They're unwilling to grow up. I got This, this is my own pet peeve. Nothing bothers me more than seeing... <laughs> Seeing 70-year-old uh, women, come on now, wearing stuff that you'd see a 16-year-old wearing. I mean, it just grow up already. I mean, come on now. <laughs> That's just my own What's really crazy is why I see people whistling. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> she may be here, but I know where they are. Come on now. <laughs> they, a person has no appetite or capacity for strong meat. They enjoy milk. James, oh, are you adulterous and adulterers? No, you not know that the friendship with the world is enmity or hatred with God. Whoever, therefore, is a friend of the world is an enemy of God. You can't be living there. Like, come on. His little understanding of the lordship of Jesus Christ and what that means in a life. They want a relationship with God, they just don't want him to do what? They don't want to give him full control. Reminds me of when I was teaching Jennifer how to drive. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I was not ready to give her full control. Condition. They're carnal. They live partly for God, partly for self. Jesus may be the center of their life, but self is still sitting on the throne. It's a divided control. One moment they're living for Jesus, the next minute they're living for self. They just bounce back and forth. Two natures side by side. They're trying to attempt to do what? They're trying to straddle and live in this world and this world simultaneously. Don't shut me down. I'm just getting going. Revelations talks about these people being what? They're lukewarm. Remember when he's rebuking, he's rebuking churches. Come on now. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at your neighbor go, "Mm mm-hmm. Say, ah, you're getting it. I shared with the staff not too long ago. At my last uh, um, retreat, when I was praying, I went and they had the, uh, they had the whatever that is the jacuzzi thing, and it was right next, right next door to the pool. And I would get there in the morning, you know, do usual swim laps or whatever. But and then I'd go usually sit or go for a jog and then sit in the hot thing and then jump over the cold. But there was only a space this far between the two of them. So what I did is I sat in the one, you know, I had my leg and then I flipped my leg over and put it into the, uh, to the cold water. And you know, it was like the revelations three, that scripture just popped out at me. It is the, I'm telling you, you need to try it. It is the most miserable state you've ever been in. One part of your body saying, jump into the cold water at least and get refreshed. Or the hot side, you say jump into the hot side so at least you get some soothing to happen to your body. But straddling the fence like this, your body's going, it's like shorting out on you. And that's what happens when you're trying to straddle this. It's the most miserable condition you can live in. Because you're trying to live in both worlds. Come on now. Then, you know, you go back to the, uh, the dorms. I don't know how we could do it, I guess. Stick, you know, one hand in hot and one hand in cold and check it out. I guess and, well, we'll leave that alone. I won't touch that. <laughs> All right. So, Father, uh, forgive me for that. In Jesus' name. All right. So I'm concluding this by saying that my early years of walking with Christ Man, my my walk from Bible college probably through the first ten, you know, my first ten years of walking. And praise God this year I think I made thirty years in the ministry. Come on now. <laughs> See, you guys you guys don't understand that. When I said that, I mean all of heaven broke in and go, Man, we cannot believe that. <laughs> they still shouting up there. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I was continually vacillating back and forth, you know, setback after setback during my early college years, and my first, you know, pastorate, I mean, it was always this vacillating. It seemed as though I was powerless with temptation. How many know that temptation is not sin? If temptation was sin, Jesus would have sinned. It's yielding to temptation. That's what sin is. So, so many times in that first season of my life, I was so ready to leave the ministry. Because I could never seem to beat it. And I was doing so good. Come on. If you look at Luke 4, it said that what? Satan departed for a season. He may not be jumping on you today like last Thursday, Friday. He departed for a season and then Monday showed up. Come on. And he said, hello, remember me? Yeah, I was trying to forget you. But during that time of that straddling. You know, it was, just a, it was just a terrible time in my life, and I kept setback after setback. And then finally, and I, could, I still remember it, but inside me there was a sincerity like, God, I want to be free from this stuff. Because all of a sudden, all the rock and roll years of being on stage and all that junk just seemed to come on me from nowhere. And all these lusts were popping back up to be on stage again and be on tour and, you know, gigging out and all this stuff that comes with it. You know, I mean, it's just, there was this longing, you know, I just can't, it's hard to explain. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And then I remember I was coming through the Dallas airport and when I was coming through the Dallas airport on my way home, I was, you know, tears were coming down my face and you know, this is really, um, what kicked this whole thing off and how many know, the devil just, he's good at what he does on my early years, you know, uh, probably from my third year into ministry, I was already traveling across America, preaching at some pretty big places. You know, I was getting all, you know how that is, works on you. And I remember being in Miami and I was at this hotel and I just lucked out to get to a hotel that was filled with nothing but some type of college, female, whatever going on. And I remember, I'm going through, I wasn't doing okay, but all of a sudden in that instant, that evening, I probably got hit on so many times, I didn't know what was going on. Now remember now, this is almost 20, 30 years ago. I had better looking here than David back there. Come on now. I didn't even have to get a weave. What? Wha that's just good preaching there, man. <laughs> but then all of a sudden God got a hold of me. And as I was, you know, that junk got in me, and that's where it kind of started and started getting all crazy again on me. You know, I had to go. I just locked myself in a hotel, and I was just sitting there that whole night, going, "God, when's my plane leaving? When's my plane leaving?" It was just bad. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Can a man take fire and his butt not get burnt? No. In case you're one, and I thought I'd just answer that for you. But then from there, you know, it was a struggle, and like, and it continued for a while. And then one day, like I said, I was going through Dallas Airport, tears coming down my face, trying to wipe them off, and I just said, "God, I'm, one thing I will not be as a hypocrite for you." You know, I love you too much that I will admit that it's my own shortcomings in my own life. I'm not going to try to pawn off or make a theology that fits my experience. Come on now. That's what you usually see happen when you can't live what you're supposed to be living. You got to make a theology that fits you. And I just said, God, I won't do that. I'll leave the ministry first. I'll admit that it's my weakness. And some in the middle of I was walking through there, the Holy Ghost fell on me in the middle of Dallas airport. And God said, it's over walk in my freedom, walk in my release. And from that day forward, it was a whole new ballgame. I'm not going to say I didn't stumble, but I wasn't stumbling the way and dealing with the stuff I was wrestling before. So the whole thing is what I want to talk to you is just say to you, man, you've got to walk in the freedom and the victory that God has for you. It's about living here. This is where we all are aiming for. This is where we want to be. We want Jesus Christ on the throne positionally, then I want you to hear this, and I'm going to close this out. A minute's over already. But positionally, yeah, man, I'm saved. I'm loving Jesus. This is me. This is you. But now I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. However, the level of victory I or you choose to walk in is completely up to us. I'm going to say it again. Positionally, I'm squared away. But the victory that I ought to be walking in is completely up to me. Come on now. It's up to the choices that I make. Some of you, you're still struggling with junk you can't break off of your life. And you know why? Because the one thing that God dealt me with in the middle of that was this simple little word of George... You know, you are undisciplined in several areas of your life. And you've opened Pandora's box on your life because of this right here. And from that day forward, as God, I started getting, God just began dealing with me about, you know, hey, this is it. Paul said, "What I'd buff it my body, you know, all of a sudden my mind, my thoughts, my actions, come on, you know, uh, for many years I blame my dad's, you know, suicide. Hey, I, I I'm this way. I, I should have these outbursts of anger because of what I lived through. Pretty soon God goes, yeah, that was probably correct over here, but it ain't correct up here. You're just using that as an excuse. So you can straddle a fence in both areas. And I started getting consistent. I began feeding, you know, the spirit of God, you know, on the inside of me, my spirit. I began understanding, okay, right, I am forgiven, George. I'm not going to live under the guilt and I'm forgiven. The minute that I'm asking for the forgiveness, you know, God's forgiven me. So I'm not going to be, because a lot of times what happened, I would stumble and fall. And even though I asked for forgiveness, I wouldn't truly accept it for another month. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about? And God was saying, that's going to stop right now. Even though you stumble, you're forgiven. It's over. It's done. And you start moving towards it. And I began getting straightened out in my prayer life. It wasn't hit and miss anymore. You know, in the word, in my fellowship with my brothers and sisters. And how many know you need to make sure you're in the right crowd? Because there's one crowd that take you off a cliff. Another one will take you to heaven. And I made sure that I was sitting under anointed preaching. Amen. I was talking to a uh, uh, Dr. Elliot this morning, and we were just sharing and just sharing, it was stating with her. I said, it, it, you know, I was telling her, I said, nothing drives me crazier than walk into a church on a Sunday morning and hear somebody say, well, I, last night, God, I wanted to share something God spoke to me last night. You know what that is? That's the favorite line of, hey, yeah, a week went by, I didn't study at all. And I really don't have a word, and I'm hoping God's just got something to say here. Don't shout me down. I began entering into worship. You find those students that are running, getting into chapel in advance because they're expecting something to happen. Man, that's what I began doing. Of course, like I told you, I began entering into seasons of fasting. And then I love what Sister Liz said yesterday. She said when it, or the other day, she said, When it comes to ministry, I party hard. And she said, When it comes to rest, I party just as hard. And that was the area, probably for me, one of the areas that I really struggled was learning just to rest and being able to be at peace with what God is. So today, this is really a miserable place to live, guys. I'm telling you, you don't want to. But if you start getting the disciplines down in your life, you can live here. You don't have to, watch. I just felt so prompted by this last week and this weekend that for God to say, you don't have to wake up on various mornings living under guilt and condemnation. Now I know there will be those that will scream, don't worry about it. Positionally, you're right. But man, you know what it means when you sin and you woke up living on it. Like, I know I'm forgiven, God, but then you go do the same thing again. I know I'm forgiven, God, but then you go do the same thing again. It won't be long before you just feel like giving up and quitting. And a lot of times what you're trying to do is you're trying to walk out something only the Holy Ghost can empower you to do. He'll do his part, but you've got to do your part. you got to decide, man, I want to spend time with you, Father, in prayer. I want to get into your word. And the hard part with Bible college, and believe me, I know, being in seminary, is that you can end up studying a lot of books and never study the Bible. And you still got to keep your devotional time together. Father, we thank you this morning.